0: This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com and you're listening to episode 159 of the Catholic Foodie Louisiana Caldo for Sunday Supper Welcome folks to the Catholic Foodie where food meets faith I'm your host Jeff Young and today we're talking about Caldo You ever heard of Caldo? (laughs) I have, have you? You know, uh, gumbo and uh, jambalaya, crawfish all those things are, are so Louisiana, aren't they? And uh, very, very common, uh, easily recognizable. But Louisiana Caldo, 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 may not be as recognizable. Yet, yet, the settlers of St. Bernard Parish, just outside of New Orleans proper, who came from the Canary Islands over 200 years ago, they brought it. Right here at the Catholic Foodie, we're talking about that today. Where food meets faith, I miss my cue, but that's Okay. Uh, Louisiana caldo is a thick, nourishing soup that's traditional to the Islanos. Islanos? They're they're the settlers of St. Bernard Parish, just outside of New Orleans proper, uh, who came from the Canary Islands over 200 years ago. It's not a gumbo. It is not a gumbo yet. It It is thick, hearty, and nutritious. You know, there are other kinds of caldo also, uh, I regularly ate caldo de res, uh, which we'll, re- we'll talk about in just a minute, uh, when I was in a seminary in Mexico. But here locally in New Orleans, there are other types of caldo, too. You have a caldo verde uh, in particular, which is of Portuguese descent, and it's somewhat different. A caldo verde is, of course, a green caldo. Uh, and you know, there's one thing that's distinct about this Louisiana caldo, something that... Um, uh, that, that, that the, the islanos kind of carried down and which is sort of standard, I guess. And that thing is mustard greens. You know, mustard greens are called mustard greens because they are a spicy green. They're peppery. Uh, some folks like to eat the young leaves raw, and uh, when the leaves are older, it's best to cook them. They can be kind of tough. Other variations of greens uh, include the turnip greens, of course, and then collard greens. This is country cooking, really, folks. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, I kind of grew up with family and friends cooking mustard greens and collard greens and all that. You know, As a matter of fact, as a child, I remember my paternal grandfather, who loved to cook, uh, he would cook greens on a regular basis. you know, And I think he just sautéed them on the stove with onions and garlic. Uh, he probably sautéed them in butter or maybe even bacon grease. I don't know. I don't remember. He was a good Cajun foodie, though, and so, of course, he had to do it well, but I tell you what, as a kid, I hated the smell, and I refused to taste them. Man, was I dumb or what? Uh, now, I just, I, I love them. I absolutely love them. I was on a retreat uh, last weekend, and uh on the retreat, one of the nights uh, they, they, they prepared the food, one of the things that they had as a side was uh, was greens, mustard greens. And uh, you know what? Out of all the food the entire weekend, I, I think I like the greens more than anything else. <laughs> now, you'd tell that to my mama, and she would say, uh-uh, no way. That's not true, because I know that boy, man, when he was growing up, he wouldn't touch him. But, uh, you know, things change, we grow up, our palates develop, and uh, man, I tell you what, I love me some good greens. Love them. So, uh, you know, I looked up, matter of fact, I looked up online trying to find some good quotes, you know, foodie kind of quotes about um, mustard greens, and I couldn't find them, I couldn't find anything anywhere. And so I decided to come up with my own quote. Here it is, ready? Quote, there are no quotes about mustard greens from famous people. I know I Googled it, end quote. That's me, Jeff Young, the Calic foodie. That's my uh, famous quote on mustard greens. Uh, if you ever encounter anyone looking for famous quotes on mustard greens, share that with them, okay? Because uh, there's none anywhere else. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, no famous quotes. is disappointing, but uh, I, I kind of expected to get something from like Mark Bittman or you know, something from, like, The Joy of Cooking, the, the you know world-famous cookbook on that, that even chefs in restaurants across the, the, the world use this cookbook as a resource, right? The Joy of Cooking. Nothing. 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 You know? I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I, I probably should have gotten a good quote from my grandfather, but I was, like, seven. What did I know, you know? Anyway, there are no famous quotes about mustard greens, but, um, you know... I, they're so good. I mean, that's the thing. Mustard greens are just so good. Uh, so let's talk about this. What do we do with this mustard greens? We're talking about uh, caldo, right? This caldo, caldo de res, caldo, beef caldo, which is sort of like a, a stew, I guess, uh, in Mexico. I used to have that all the time. Uh, but we're talking now about this Louisiana caldo. And what what makes it unique? Of course, you've got the mustard greens, right? But there's something else. There's another... Another thing, another ingredient that really makes this dish, and uh, it's something that uh, you know I, I take for granted because I'm from here, I'm from Louisiana, South Louisiana, and so I kind of take this for granted, but I, I, I've noticed as I have written about this on CatholicFoodie.com and, and word has kind of gotten out, I did post this recipe, you can find the recipe for Louisiana Caldo over at CatholicFoodie.com, but I've, I've come to discover something that was sort of eye-opening for me, is that... Um, some of this stuff is just like so incredibly foreign <laughs> for most people. It really is. Now, here's, here's the next ingredient, right? This is a, what I referred to on on CatholicFoodie.com as a lesser-known cut of pork, okay? <laughs> it's not really a cut of anything, but it's, it's something that we call pickled pork. If you're down in New Orleans proper and you're talking to some yats down there, uh, they will probably refer to it as pickled meat, you know, but it's it's pork. It's pickled pork. And, um, and yes, that's, that is a real item that you can get at the grocery down here, and it's something that we put into soups in particular, soups, stews. Matter of fact, there are lots of folks that put them in red beans and rice. And let me let me uh, read this here. I've got a little quote from Camellia, you know, Camellia Brand, CamelliaBrand.com, Camellia is my favorite brand of bean, particularly red beans and white beans. I always like to buy Camellia. Why? They're, they're local, first of all. And the size of the beans are very consistent. They're, they're, they're small, they're tight, and I, and I like that in my red beans and my white beans. And white beans, of course, I'm talking about the navy peas. And uh, this is a quote from their website, CamelliaBrand.com. It says, like so many delicious southern culinary traditions... Uh, the use of both ham hocks, right, ham hocks and pickled pork came to be as a result of hard times. Uh, while the wealthy viewed knobby, gelatinous ham hocks as undesirable, laborers in the fields and cities gladly used the marrow-rich bones and meat to flavor and enhance the beans, the vegetables, the broths that they fed their families with. Hawks were often smoked. Other bits and scraps were often pickled in a brine of water, salt, sugar, vinegar, herbs, and spices. Uh, Both preparations served to enhance flavor while preserving shelf life. That's that's important, especially back in the days before refrigeration. Now, Southerners have come to a universal appreciation for the richness of flavor and mineral-rich nutrition that these Seasoning meats, we call them, seasoning meats, and bones in part at a thrifty cost. The practice of including some form of smoked or pickled pork as a flavoring agent continues today with many iconic southern dishes, red beans, white beans, lima beans, field black-eyed peas, collard mustard greens, turnip greens, and all manners of stewed vegetables, that is from CamelliaBrand.com. Pickled pork? Why, yes, uh, absolutely. Put them in my beans. There ain't no flavor like it anywhere. Now, I'll tell you about my experience with Caldo de res in just a moment after this quick message.
1: Can you spare $10 to bring some spiritual support to pregnant moms? CatholicMom.com and Ave Maria Press have partnered to provide copies of A Catholic Mother's Companion to Pregnancy to pregnancy centers across the United States. Every $10 donation sponsors a book to be sent to the pregnancy centers. Our aim with this Lenten project is to benefit women with the guidance and companionship of the book and encourage them to walk with Mary. I hope you'll prayerfully consider joining us. You can learn more at CatholicMom.com
0: a very worthy cause. Please do support them in their efforts. Now, you know, the first time that I had caldo of any sort was as a seminarian living in Mexico with the Missionaries of Charity Fathers, co-founded by Blessed Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I've talked about that experience of mine from time to time. And, uh, you know, the first time I've had any kind of caldo is called caldo de res, or res, which is a beef stew. And it was delicious. It really was. You know, I had many delicious soups my, uh, my during my two years in formation with the Missionaries of Charity, including a pig snout soup and a fish head soup. Um, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> I want to give you my recipe here for uh, Caldo, Louisiana Caldo, and I want to thank uh, Chef John Besh and My New Orleans. He's got a cookbook called My New Orleans uh, for the inspiration behind This particular recipe, sauce bon, man, it is good, sauce bon for sure. Um, Here are the ingredients. This is what you need. You need, uh, you know, I use coconut. I like to use coconut oil for uh, sauteing vegetables. You know, back in the old days, my old days, I used to use olive oil, extra virgin olive oil to saute vegetables. And then I realized that what I'm doing is really um, um, uh, burning the oil which is going to affect the taste. It will totally change the taste of the oil and the veggies that you're sautéing because uh, extra virgin olive oil is really meant for, like, uh, sauces maybe, for, um, uh, for vegetables, for uh, salad dressings, those kind of things where you can really uh, taste the, the oil itself. Uh, for cooking, if you're going to sauté anything in olive oil, use just regular olive oil. Uh, if I'm gonna saute something, I, I tend to like I like to use butter, whole butter, wonderful butter, Kerrygold butter. Butter is natural. It's not uh, it's not chemical laden like margarine. Margarine is artificial. It's it's not natural. It's wicked evil. <laughs> Even ants and bugs don't eat margarine. Stay away. Don't eat it. Uh, butter is wonderful for sauteing. You can even make um, uh, a roux with butter. I like to make uh, some of my roux with uh, with butter. Uh, in addition to butter, I like bacon grease, bacon grease, or as my friend Craig Poirier likes to say, what he says, uh, oh, bacon renderings. <laughs> he's a chef. He's, um, you know, he's got the lingo, the lingo, the language, and the lingo going. Bacon renderings, right? I just say bacon grease because you know it's grease. From bacon, but it's delicious. It's delicious. It's also, by the way, you can have that on Fridays in Lent. Not the bacon, but the bacon grease. You can certainly cook with it. Uh, If you don't believe me, just listen to the last episode of the Catholic Foodie. We talked about that. Uh, Or you just go check out the website, usccb.org, and uh, it's got it right there in black and white. Pretty, pretty amazing to me, but so it is. (laughs) Love bacon grease uh, for sauteing, for frying. Uh, and then finally, coconut oil, organic. I'm talking organic um, uh, coconut oil, which is just it, it's extra virgin coconut oil. It's just beautiful for sautéing vegetables. I really, I, I love it. It's clean. It's 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 uh, got a wonderful taste, and it has a very high smoke point, better than extra virgin olive oil. So it's not going to burn as you sauté or even fry, pan fry in coconut oil. Very good stuff. So for this recipe, you're going to need a quarter cup of what I would use, coconut oil, uh, two large sweet yellow onions diced, two green bell peppers diced, four cloves of garlic minced, two pounds of pickled pork, or uh, more if you use bone-in. Now when you talk about pickled pork, you have at least down here you've got different types of pickled pork you can get. You've got some that's just uh, with without a bone. It's just a... Some uh, cut of the of the of the pork. Uh, sometimes it would be more of like the pork belly. Uh, but you also you can get uh, cuts that are more of the oh, what do they call them? I'm trying to think of the name now. Uh, sometimes it's like the tail. You can get the tail meat, the tail bones and meat. Uh, sometimes it is um, uh, like the the the. Well, Comparable to like the spare ribs, almost of of a of a of a cow, but this is the the pork. Sometimes it is the backbones of uh, the of the pig uh, that you can get. All these and they're pickled. It's it's a, it's the same process used. If the bone is in there, and you can use that plenty. Yes, that's fine. It could be over two pounds if it's the bone in. That's not a problem. You need two cups of lima beans, and I. I typically would use the lima beans that are in a can, um, and sometimes down here, at least in the South, you've got uh, companies, local companies that that uh, pr- produce lima beans that will be seasoned with pork also, and I would just dump the whole can in there. It's very, very good. Uh, one bunch of mustard greens, chopped. Uh, one cup of fresh whole tomatoes, diced one cup of corn, and what we typically do is we use the frozen kernels instead of the can, okay? But one cup of corn, two large sweet potatoes, and what we do with these is we peel the sweet potatoes and we chop them. Uh, same thing with, uh, with green beans. We use two cups of fresh green beans. We chop them, and then we're going to use—now, this is a big soup, okay? And I should have said that earlier— one and a half gallons of beef stock. And beef stock, you can use, a, I've got a recipe on CatholicFoodie.com, using beef bones to make this stock. Beautiful, rich, deep, healthy, wonderful stock. Uh, you use a, a one and a half gallons of stock for this soup. Two bay leaves, a teaspoon of cayenne or to taste, half a teaspoon of allspice, right? allspice, uh, kosher salt to taste, and then ground freshly ground black pepper to taste. And what you're going to do is you're going to heat the coconut oil over medium-high heat in a large, heavy-bottomed, stainless steel soup or stock pot. You want to add the the, uh, the onions, the bell peppers, uh, and then saute until soft, about 12 to 15 minutes. Then stir in the garlic at about the 10-minute mark. Uh, add the pork, the sweet potatoes, the lima beans, the mustard greens, the corn, the green beans, and the tomatoes. Stir well. Then add the beef stock cayenne, allspice, bay leaves. Uh, Increase the heat, bring it to a boil, then reduce the heat to low simmer for about one and a half to two hours until all the veggies and the pork are tender. You want to taste for seasoning, adjust as necessary, adding more salt, pepper, or cayenne. Now, if you used pickled pork that contained bones, then what you're going to want to do is fish out all the pieces and debone them. What you'll find is as you cook it to about an hour and a half to two hours, that meat's going to fall off the bone anyway. It's just the way it happens. So a lot of times you can take uh, maybe a a, a slotted spoon, uh, some some sort of a a, a large spoon, and scrape the bottom of the pot, and those bones will come right out. You can just pull them right out. Uh, And then if you do pull out pieces with meat on it, just debone it and return the meat to the pot. And then you want to serve it in bowls. And then again, you know, this is a delightful soup, a wonderful stew that is uh, delicious when served alongside of crusty French bread. And thanks to our good friend Craig uh, Poirier, Poirier, we do have a wonderful uh, recipe over at CatholicFoodie.com for crusty French bread. So instead of going and getting at the store, make it yourself. It's wonderful and made with lots of love. So we'll be back in just a moment with more on uh, this particular recipe Louisiana Caldo, and also, Sunday Supper.
1: SQPN, leading the way since 2005. White smoke, it's white smoke! We have white smoke coming from the chimney. A confirmation that we have a pope on the second day of the conclave. And the crowd is ecstatic, jumping up and down, smiling. Waving flags as you can hear. It is an explosion of joy. Habe muspam. Responding to the call of the Catholic Church to use new media to evangelize and form a community of people from all over the world, we're bringing you incredible coverage of events like the election of the new Pope and World Youth Day. With popular programs like The Break, Catholic Insider, Health and Holiness, as well as network shows like Catholic Weekend and a number of affiliated shows to nourish your faith, we've reached millions across the globe. But we want to do even more. Visit SQPN.com slash donate. SQPN can only do this work with your continued support. We need to make some key investments for the future, including sound and video equipment and media professionals to produce the kind of quality programming you've come to expect. We need to raise funds to keep SQPN going and expand its work. Visit SQPN.com donate to help now with our major giving campaign of the year. We've got only a limited amount of time to do it. No matter how small. Small, every donation helps. You have our most sincere thanks for your generosity at this time. With your help, we'll be able to keep SQPN going strong and producing the programs you've come to love. Visit sqpn.com donate so we can continue to further the new evangelization. I am Father Roderick here on St. Peter's Square on the best evening of the year.
0: Awesome. I support SQPN. I'm, of course, a, an, an affiliate of SQPN, the Catholic foodie is, and, uh, and I support them monthly, so I invite you to do the same. Doing great work for the church all across the world, please do support SQPN. You can find out more over at sqpn.com. Now, as we return to this uh, conversation here about um, Louisiana Caldo, you know, we've all heard it said that soup is good food, and that's true, And uh, this particular soup, caldo, has become a family favorite in our house. I made it just on a spur-of-the-moment decision. Uh, Someone, a friend of ours on Facebook, matter of fact, had sent it our way and said, hey, you might like this. And we looked at it. We thought, wow, that sounds delicious. Let's try it out. And, man, we loved it. My kids loved it. My wife loved it. I loved it. And uh, I've made it several times since then, since that first time. Um... You know, soup, this week, soup is on the menu for Sunday's Supper, and I'm so excited about that. You know, I love soup. Gumbo, stews, soups, you name it, there's just something wholesome and healthy about soup. It's good for the soul. So this week for Sunday's Supper, you're going to find all kinds of soups. And, you know, you've got some that are chicken, some that are beef, uh, some that are uh, seafood, some pork, some veggies, uh, all kind of stuff. Let me just run through the list here. We've got several, but you've got uh, chicken tortellini and white bean soup. You've got uh, chicken soup with leeks, onions, and fennel, chicken meatball, spinach, and orso. Uh, cheesy Chipotle chicken sausage chowder. Wow, that's a lot of C's and S's. Uh, cheesy Chipotle chicken sausage chowder. Uh, you've got uh, Swabian beef uh, spotzel, bacon cheeseburger soup. Wow, that sounds delicious. Beef pho soup, ah, oh, for holy con carne, which uh, is from Macro Mama. Uh, uh that, that that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Sweet potato Spanish chorizo soup. Oh man, bacon and shrimp bisque. Man, these are delicious. You're gonna find all these. Matter of fact, I link to all of them over at CatholicFoodie.com. You check out the show notes for this episode. I've got, I'm telling you, I've got fifty, sixty soup recipes right here for you, folks. Uh, unbelievable. Vegetable consomme with similar the dumplings. Uh, pasta y fagioli. Pasta y fagioli. Soup. Cream of ancho chili soup. Broccoli cheddar. Lobster bisque. Chinese fish maw. Thai curry. Coconut mussel soup. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. And if you don't like hot soup, you want a cold soup, check this out. Chilled strawberry soup or bread and tomato soup, gazpacho style. Good stuff, folks. Good stuff over at CatholicFoodie.com. Please do go check that out. Uh, I'm very, very excited about this. And before we close out the show, we're getting close. Before we close it out, I do want to share with you some voice feedback that I have from a very good friend of the Catholic Foodie, Mr. Craig Poirier. Let me pull that up right here, and uh, let's take a listen.
2: Hi, Jeff. It's Craig Poirier calling from Vancouver, Canada here. Excuse the voice, I'm just getting over a little bit of a cold here, but I had to call and just uh, comment on uh, some of your blog posts that you've been uh, doing over there at uh, CatholicFoodie.com on the Mardi Gras festivities happening down there. We've been really enjoying the videos and postings and things like that that you've done, and now that you're getting into Lent, uh, I've been uh, really enjoying the posts about that, you know makes me want to go buy some alligator to serve it up on a Friday. But we're also looking forward to maybe a podcast or two. I think one of the last ones was your uh, podcast on the nice uh, baking steel for making the pizzas. We had to go and buy that right away, and we got that just before Christmas, and we've been really enjoying that baking steel. Let me tell you, we've been making up some incredible pizzas, did a little bit of baking on it with some bread and things like that, and uh, just doing a lot of experimenting with it. But I tell you, for pizza, there is nothing better. We've had our pizza stone going side by side with this uh, baking steel, and there is no comparison. The baking steel has such a better crust. So we're continuing to use that, and uh, hopefully we'll be... uh, adding some nice alligator to our repertoire over the Lenten season here. So I hope all is well with you and your family and looking forward to more podcasts in the future. Thanks again, Jeff. And happy Easter.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Craig. Thank you. That's fantastic. You know, uh, (laughs) you, you are, uh, the inspiration really behind some of the video that I've done, uh, at the Mardi Gras parades. And, and I've talked about this, I guess over the last couple of years, because, you responded so positively, so so favorably, to the videos that I put up, and and even at one point made the comment that you were experiencing Mardi Gras uh, vicariously through the videos that we we shared the podcast. And uh, so you're you're really kind of, you're really kind of what inspired me to keep going with that. I mean, otherwise, you know, it's not easy. You're out there. You're trying to have fun. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm here I am pulling out video cameras and and, and, and audio equipment and <laughs> stuff you can't do that and catch bees at the same time you know what I'm saying but you you really did you were like an inspiration so that uh, thank you so much for your feedback but also uh, in pa- in the past thank you for uh, for commenting positively about uh, the videos that I put up about Mardi Gras uh you you, you talked about the baking steel wow you know um my friend Andrus Lagsdon uh, came up with this idea, and uh, it's just it's amazing. A few episodes back, it was back in November, and I can't remember exactly the, 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 the number of the episode. I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh, but that was a delightful, a delightful conversation I had with Andrus about the baking steel, what it was all about. And he, you know he had sent me one. Uh, he, I, had, uh, I was making pizzas. And of course, you know I, I, I do that right. I, I blog about it. I I talk about it on the website, on the podcast, write about it on the website, uh, post about it on Facebook. I, I do all this kind of stuff. That's just what I do. And he somehow came across uh, my blog post uh, back in November about uh, soggy crusts and, and and the the tricks that I have learned over the years making pizzas. What I have uh, the, the the tricks that I had now implement. Uh, to to prevent my crust from being soggy, to to make sure that my my dough is is cooked all the way through, yet still, uh, you know, not burnt to a crisp with all the delicious toppings I like to put on there, and and he he responded to my my blog post. He he made a he left a comment and and asked why I did what I did, which is I I was at the time I was pre baking my crusts, and uh, I responded to him. And he, you know, he continued the conversation and says, well, look, I've got this new product I just came out with. It's called a Baking Steel, and I'd like to send one to you and see if you like it. If you like it, maybe you can talk about it. And I was like, well, sure. I mean, that's awesome. You know, it sounds great. I'd I like to try it. So he sent me one. I mean, this is, uh, it was, it was it's just like a 15-pound thing. I mean, it's not light, you know. And I got it pretty quickly after we had talked uh, online and, uh, I, I set it up. I made, I probably made like 12 pizzas over the period of a couple of days. I mean, it's ridiculous what I did to, <laughs> but I love pizza. Okay. that's the thing. I love pizza. So, um, yeah, I put this thing to the ringer, you know, I, I was trying to test it out and see how it is compared to my, uh, my, my tricks that I have developed over the years and my baking stone. And, uh, I tell you what, it blew it away. It absolutely, absolutely blew it away. Uh, there's nothing like it. If you like pizza and you like to make pizza at home, and you do not have a restaurant quality pizza oven, you need a baking steel. It's it's that good. It really is that good. And uh, <laughs> so, of course, you know, after I, I tested it out, I I wrote to Andres and said, "Hey, this thing is incredible." it just it's just amazing and would you please please come on the catholic foodie and and talk with me about it so that so that i can share the good news with with folks and get it from the horse's mouth and uh he came on he came on one of the episodes I, again i can't remember the number it was it was in november i believe of of 2012 and uh, we just had a delightful conversation we we kicked it off yeah you know, we just kind of hit it off i guess and uh we've been talking online at least ever since and uh leaving comments back and forth. I'm so amazed all the good things that are happening for Andrus and for The Baking Steel. I mean, it really has taken off. I mean, big, big, big names have picked this up and have promoted it, like Bon Appetit Magazine as an example, just one example, and uh, just fantastic things. This is a, a family man. I mean, this is, you know, Andrus, is just, he's a regular Joe. He's, he's like me and you. He's a, a man. He's, He's married. He's got children. He 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 loves to cook. He loves to eat with his family. I mean, it's just uh, and he just had this great idea and, and it's taken off. So, uh, bakingsteel.com I believe is the website. It may be the bakingsteel.com again. I, I don't have that in front of me, but baking steel. You can just Google baking steel and you'll get there. Uh, fantastic. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. If you like pizza and you like to cook pizza, make pizza. You need one of these. Believe me, it, it's that good. So uh, yeah, so that's fantastic. And Craig, thank you so much for bringing that up. I know you you bought one, and uh, and you've you've shared with me all the the wonderful things you're you're doing with uh, the baking steel. It's um it's pretty amazing. I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm excited that I was able to introduce you to the baking steel. I mean, <laughs> you can tell how much of a kitchen geek I am, right? I'm totally 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 a kitchen geek. And uh, and again, thank you so much. Um, I'm glad you enjoying the videos. And now we're in Lent. So we kind of have to put that Mardi Gras stuff behind us. But, uh, you know, there's next year. Mardi Gras comes around every year. <laughs> the videos will still be there. <laughs> and I'll uh, hopefully uh, do some more too. So uh, exciting times uh, this this uh, this Lent. I don't know if you're going to get your hands on the alligator, but if you do, you got to let me know how it turns out. So, again, thank you so much, Craig. I really appreciate it. And, uh, folks, again, about Sunday Supper, um, you know, you can find all these different soups listed right over there. All the links are there at CatholicFoodie.com. Please go and check them out. This is a delightful Sunday Supper, one that I'm very excited to be a part of. And, uh, you know, if you you have feedback for the Catholic Foodie, like Craig called in, if you have feedback for the Catholic Foodie, you can always give me a call at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. Of course, you can always send me an email at at jeffatcatholicfoodie.com. And uh, you know what else you could do? If you have a a smartphone, if you have an iPhone or Android, you can just record right there on your phone. You can record an MP3 file and then just email that to me. Email it to me at at jeffatcatholicfoodie.com. And I can play your feedback right here uh, on the show, right here on the Catholic Foodies. So, I look forward to that, Uh, and and thank you again. Thank you so much for being here with me this this episode. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too, and uh, I look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, Bon Appetit.